welcome to episode 43 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guest as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we take a look back at the Nintendo DS in all of its glory. Objection! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. Yes, it's time once again for a console retrospective. That's right, it is the clamshell delight, the Nintendo DS. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. I'm doing pretty good, and you, you made it. You almost stumbled. I saw the laughter building, and yeah, you made it. It wasn't, it wasn't laughter, it's just literally my brain was just taking a shit again. Nice. So, yeah, enjoy that stinger, folks. Um, <laughs> but, like, I can see you, while, okay? I can see you trying not to laugh, which is what made it funny. It's been a while, all right? So, nice. it, it's, it's been a while since we recorded one of these. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, enough time that I'm just literally in audiobook mode and nothing else is really getting through right now. So, so how's your audiobook going? Got um, an update for all your fans? Oh, one of them. Hey, you know, one is all. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, so <laughs> I am, I am four chapters into a session of the Stoneborn by Ken Lang. Really enjoying the book so far. It's actually one of the the better books that I've I've read, both professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm honestly looking forward to seeing how this goes because the way I do it, I don't actually read the book ahead. I, it, so it's kind of like. I'm trying to exhibit the surprise and, you know, the, the whole, I don't know. I just, I don't read ahead with it. It's just nice to be able to be, to enjoy a book as well as read the book for somebody else. Just, just don't pull a James Marsters. Because <laughs> they left that in the book. Yeah. Like blah, blah, blah. Wait, wait. Oh, it's on the back of his neck. Oh, oh fuck. hold on. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause they do that. It's like, it's on the back of his neck. Oh, fuck. And they left that in. That's the best part. They leave it in the cut. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the book pretty much. And uh, Ken has asked me to do not only this book, but the whole series. Very enjoyable. If you want to pick up the book, it's already available on Amazon. They actually, he actually doesn't print too, so it's pretty nice. cool. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Ken Lang, L-A-N-G-E. It's called A Section of the Stoneborn. It is, I can't remember the, uh, the actual uh, title of the series, but uh, book two should be out um, probably next month, I think. Or is it October? Either way, it'll be out soon if you want to get the print copy. Yeah. Cool. That yeah. sounds interesting. Um, it's um speaking of the Dresden Files and James Marsters, it's actually Urban Fantasy too. Huh. Well, that's even better because that's that's yeah. actually a pretty popular genre right now, especially for yeah. fiction. Definitely. And it's enjoyable, so we'll see. But hey, what you been playing? So, I mean, we I've been playing Sleeping Dogs. I actually had a lot of fun with that game. Uh, I'm really yeah, glad you so- did. Slight spoiler alert for our next episode, which we'll be talking about sleeping dogs. Um, but yeah, it was a- it was good. I had I I have enjoyed it so far. Uh, I do not have any of the DLC because I have the old version of the game, not the like new super definitive edition remastered game of the year edition version. And there's 
fucking like $90 worth of DLC for the game. And most of it is just silly costuming crap. Um, silly costumes, races, all that stuff. There's only two storyline DLCs. Yeah. Uh, and that's the funny part is, and we'll, we'll basically get into this more later, but like I would actually want the races because they were a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll get but, into that once we do the uh, the actual episode, but I'm really, really glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I've been kicking ass and taking names in Vainglory, which is really funny because like I'm actually really, really good at a role in Vainglory that I'm not that great at in League of Legends. And they're, they're both yeah. MOBAs. Uh, like I'm a really good AD carry in Vainglory. Like I had a game last week where I went, uh, I went like 14, 1, and 8 on a ad carry and i was like holy crap sticks like like i annihilated the other team and it was like well then why can't i play this good when i play league <laughs> so for the people who don't play mobas and myself wasn't ad carry uh that is the person who does physical damage on the team like so there's there's okay, so dps yes well physical dps because there's two different okay. types of like damage physical and magic I and, imagine. yeah phys physical and magic damage and there's also two different types of defense in the game, which is usually armor and magic resistance. Okay. So your tanks can build one or the other or both. Uh, but if the team is all AD, like if they're all attack damage and not magic damage, gotcha. like okay. the tank only has to build armor because he doesn't need any magic resistance because you don't have any magic attacks. Like he can just shrug them off. Gotcha. You know? So usually, like in League of Legends, the way it works is usually your mid laner is a mage or an assassin that uses magic damage True. to do to do shit tons of damage in bursts. Makes sense. And the AD carry is usually on the bottom lane, and they do uh, they do attack damage focused, and they rely on critical hits and just doing absolute ridiculous metric shit tons of damage by just regular attacks like not using their abilities just their regular attacks and gotcha. like getting massive ridiculous crits and uh a lot of armor mitigation and uh like armor pen and stuff like that um, fair enough and then usually you have a support character a jungler who is oftentimes also some variety of assassin character or a tank okay, okay. and then a top liner which usually is a very versatile role um but yeah, cool. but in Vainglory, it's always three on three instead of five on five. And there's only okay. one lane. There's a lane and a jungle, basically. And you yeah. Yeah. and uh and it's all on one side. Like all the jungle is down below the lane. Okay. Um, so they simplify it a little bit in order to make it yeah. for better for a uh, mobile device. Yeah. Uh and it is funny because they do have like an ARAM kind of mode where it randomly gives you a champion and it locks out the jungle. So all you could play is in the lane. Yeah. Uh, and that it's pretty fun. And it's actually really interesting because the way they built the game and they give you like little daily quests and rewards that you can do, mm -hmm. uh, people will play those game modes because they'll get a quest that pops up that'll be like, go play a battle royale game, which is what they call the ARAM mode in this, or go play a blitz game, or go play a regular game, or go win a regular game. Like they have all these little, and then you unlock like little cards and buffs and weird things by doing those quests so it's it's interesting uh like you know I, i'll check in and i'll play a couple little games maybe half an hour like every day depending and uh i don't know i've been enjoying it 
And it's Sweet. just been really weird that I've been really good at 80 carries in this game. And I'm usually not. And I'm hoping that maybe this will like transfer back over to League of Legends. And if I'm playing League <laughs> of Legends, like somehow I'll like, like, oh, well, I, I'm, I understand the positioning better and I'm, I'm doing better with these roles. And, or maybe it's just like people are all kinds of crazy unbalanced. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. I have no idea. I don't either. I, I do see one more thing on here that yes. you want to do a little bit of a rant. So hit yes. me. Uh, other than the little bit of a rant I kind of just went on. Um, well, yeah, but this is fair. probably a bit more negative rant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's another game I've been playing recently, which I'm not going to talk about yet. I'll probably talk about it on the next episode. Uh, but when I installed the game on Steam, so bought the game through Steam, installed oh, the game, and hit... Going hit play and it pops up a thing like oh hey i'm you play you need to register this game to you play and so i hit the button and it's like enter an activation key so i go look on steam and it's like there's no activation key like there's a there's a piece of dlc i own that says uh ubisoft you play activation and it's just checked as installed. And so I'm like, okay, so where's this fucking key that I need to enter in this thing? So I, I spent half a fucking hour looking through, trying to figure out how to register this game to Uplay that I paid for on Steam. And I found out eventually that apparently Ubisoft changed the way that game registration works. So... Okay. What you have to do is go to the local files where you installed the game, uninstall Uplay, go to the Ubisoft website, download Uplay, reinstall Uplay in the exact same spot it was in, and then launch the game from Steam, and it will work. And you don't have to type in any codes. I'm done with this podcast. I literally have nothing left to say. None of this documentation is on Steam. None of this documentation is in any of the discussion or support pages. Like, I was literally, I found it after about 30, 35 minutes of trying to figure it out. And it was, it was, I was at the point of where it was like, if this doesn't work, I'm going to try this because this is very quick and easy. It's like a 70 meg download. Like, if this does not work, I'm returning this game and getting a refund. And uh, yeah. So basically, the rant that I really want to go on is if you are a game developer or a publisher in this case, and someone is buying a game that you make on Steam that is its own DRM. Like Steam, you cannot download a game to play it unless you have purchased the game. Steam is DRM. Like... Why do you make people jump through the hoop of like some stupid third party bullshit that you made to play a game that they already have purchased? So like basically what I'm saying is this. I'm saying if you're going to put this bullshit in the way of people playing the game, don't sell the game on Steam. Sell it on your own damn website. And if you sell the game on Steam, don't put this bullshit in the game and make people jump through these stupid hoops that have zero explanation. Like, you literally came five seconds away from, like, losing a sale because of me. Like, I would have returned it and you would have lost money because of this 
stupid you play registration bullshit that I randomly happened to find documentation on after looking for it for 30 minutes. So I do not need, nor do I ever want you play. Yeah. Or games for windows games for windows live was the same way with some of the right. Batman games, but at least that worked. Yeah. By and, default. And, they, and, and they literally don't use it anymore. Yep. They learned their lesson. It's gone. Ubisoft. Here we are. This delightful bundle of shit called yep. Uplay. Yep. But I got it working and I'm I'm beginning tooling around with the game. So uh I'll have I'll have more to say later once I have actually played more than twenty minutes of the game. Because <laughs> I was like, I have an hour, I'll I'll sit down and play this. And nope, I played less than twenty minutes. I'm not surprised. So I'm not surprised at all. So Fuck you, boy. All right. Anyway, what have you yeah. been playing? <laughs> well, I played through Sleeping Dogs. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. Loved every minute of it because it's a really enjoyable game, but we'll get to that in the next episode. I actually picked up the Final Fantasy XII remaster since okay. I uh, got suckered into owning a PS4 and never actually got the game I was going to buy for in the first place. Crash Bandicoot. Oh, so yeah, you still haven't bought Crash Bandicoot? What the hell, man? Still haven't purchased it. I just never got to it. You could buy yeah. it right now. Like you could live purchase it on we the are podcast. literally in the middle of a podcast, and I, I don't have any money until I get paid. Oh, okay, that's something. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Overwatch. I just got done playing with it about an hour before we went live, and Dark Souls, two. Yes, again. With Drew. Again. Yeah. <laughs> although, although he's in the middle of uh, doing. A bunch of other stuff, personal stuff that uh, oh, yeah, can't go yeah. into. Yeah, there's a bunch of personal stuff that you can't play. You can't do anything right now. Also, I have one other thing to mention because you finally snookered me into it. Thursday, I am purchasing PUBG. Oh shit, son! Yep, and and on starting the first, I am on vacation. Are you going to like go on a massive PUBG fest on your vacation? Maybe. It might also be in a, a live streaming opportunity. Yeah. It's, but we'll get it is later. fun to live stream. Mm-hmm. Although it is it is tense. Like, Well, most of my life is tense, so why not have my games be tense too? Yeah. But it's <laughs> tense in a good way. Like it is... It, I've I've said it before on the show. Like it is one of the very, very few first person... Like competitive games that like... I I get halfway through a game and like my heart is beating faster. Like I have a literal physical reaction and like adrenaline and endorphins are kicking in from playing the game. And that does not happen very often. That happens to me in competitive games of Overwatch. Like really good games? No, like an actual competitive game. Like because there, there's two modes. There's quick play and there's competitive. Mm-hmm. And when I play actual competitive, my fucking heart's racing my adrenaline's pumped i'm awake i am ready i'm alert everything's gonna fucking go crazy and once the game ends i slowly wind down and realize oh my god i've been clenching my jaw for the last 10 minutes <laughs> yeah and like that's weird because like i'd never really experienced that with games like i'm always like just kind of chill and laid back while i'm playing yeah. like it never never phases me at all like i don't know why like the only other time that i've experienced any of that was with amnesia the dark descent i have a full playthrough on the youtube channel go look it out if you want to hear me scream like a small child yeah that's what made pootie pie famous yeah yeah and uh markiplier for um five minutes of Fridays. nice 
yeah that was he, he was the, like the first person to find some of the some sort of um secret in it mm-hmm. and that was what made it famous he found a nice. secret in five nights at Freddy's. plus he's pretty he has a voice made for radio like yeah ridiculously like his he, voice like you do not if you see him like on cam or whatever like and then he does talks, not fit his you voice. You do yet. not expect that voice to come out of that face. Then again, nobody expects my voice to come out of my face either. True. But here we are. Yep. All right. Now for Paul's favorite segment. Damn it, Dan, stop it. The news. <laughs> okay, since you're giggling over there, I'm gonna go with my news first. Go for it, because I have like thirty thousand news here, things. You've got you've got like four or five articles here. I've only got a couple. So Recently, it's like back in March, it was announced that uh, Sleeping Dogs actually is getting a film adaptation with Donnie Yen playing the titular, playing the, not titular, but the main character. And also, so is Just Cause. Jason Mm -hmm. Momoa is the main character. There's one other one that you don't expect, though. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have expected this particular game because it's not even released yet and it's getting a film adaptation. That is We Happy Few. Now, we talked about this at E3. I think it was last year's E3 or was it this year's? No, it was this year's. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Must have been both things. I remember it being out last year on their E3 thing too. Maybe. I don't I don't remember it being last year. I just remember it this year, I think, with the yeah. taking stuff. But yeah. I could totally be wrong. It, 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 we, it all blurs together. <laughs> no shit. Oh, my God. That was a fucking nightmare. Anyway. We Happy Few is also getting a film adaptation. Not only is it not a AAA title like Sleeping Dogs or Just Cause have been, it's an indie title. Like these, yeah. is, this is not getting published by anyone. This is just a self-published, amazing little work. And it's interesting to see something that's gotten so much hype. Mm-hmm. Kid a movie before it's not even released yet. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 it's excited cool. to see what goes on with all three of those films because one, I yeah. freaking love Jason Momoa. Dude is just so charming. Yeah. Uh, have you heard that at a recent? It might have been at Comic Con. I don't know, but at a recent like fan event, he got asked if he'd be willing to play Kratos if they ever made a God of War movie. I did not hear that. And he was basically like, "Fuck yeah, bring it on!" <laughs> nice, <laughs> like, nice. He's very, he's down to. And it was just like that would be very weird for him to be Greek. And then I was like, "Well, The Rock played Hercules, so I mean, you know, no one it's, cares, it's almost, right?" Yeah, it's it's not about the the ethnicity of the actor can they play the role yeah. yeah but a lot of times it should be about the ethnicity of an actor because well, you know when you have a white girl playing a japanese chick and goes mm-hmm. in the shell it kind of gets or, stupid or i mean they did flip uh races for domino 2 for the upcoming deadpool 2 film mm-hmm. which honestly my only complaint about that the domino on her eye looks fucking terrible that's it I don't care about anything else. You know what my favorite part about the Deadpool 2 stuff that I've seen so far is? Shoot. Cable. Looks, looks amazing. Like, he looks like Gordon Ramsay. Like, yeah. Kinda. Like Gordon Ramsay who's gone to the future and like Hell's Kitchen motherfucker. Sure. <laughs> I can see it. He's, he's seen some kitchen nightmares. <laughs> but dude, look at that. Fucking Josh Brolin. Yeah. Brand from the Goonies. Looks amazing as Cable. Oh, he does. Like, but uh, every time I see it, I was like, "Man, yeah. Gordon Ramsay has seen some shit." Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's my caption for that picture. Yeah, that's pretty much circulating right now. So it makes me. I laugh. don't know. 
I'm excited because and one Donnie Yen as the main character Sleeping Dogs. Fuck yes. Good. Thank you. Donnie Yen is amazing. Yeah. I I really hope they that's one that they need to stick to the races. Like it needs to be, just, it needs to be just chock full of well, Chinese people and well, one American. It takes place in Hong British. Kong. Yeah. Well, so one white dude, yeah. <laughs> put it that one way. White, one white dude. I, I can even forgive him not being, American, not being British. Yeah. One white dude, one white chick, <laughs> and then a metric shit ton of Chinese people. Yep. 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 Let's hope the romance actually get, goes somewhere in this fucking film yeah, as opposed which, to six different romances that have yeah. one-offs god yeah. damn we, we, i can't talk about this now anyway <laughs> on to your news but actually i hope they have like a cameo lucy lou has a cameo since she voices one of the uh love interests in the yes, game yes i'd so be in for that that'd be that'd be really funny if she gets to play that character yeah, I'd be in for I'd, that. i don't know if they would throw that much money at her for like just a little cameo but who knows who knows the, the amount of money they have going into this film just hiring donnie yen alone they probably yeah. wouldn't care it's going to be a big budget movie yeah um all right so news for today uh starcraft the remastered version of the original starcraft game got released today and is available on uh, BattleNet. and by the time this comes out it'll have been you know a week ago but that's beside the point. Who cares? That's okay. StarCraft Remastered is out, which is kind of interesting. Uh, it also has a lawsuit on its hands. Um, oh, really? Yeah. A bunch of Korean businesses, uh, PC Bangs. Like, I don't know if okay. you're familiar with those in Korea. I'm not. They're basically internet cafes. It's where a lot of people in Korea play video games because they can't like afford a computer for their home and stuff like that sure, so sure. they go to these cafes and they just play well they're it's like an arcade but for pcs right and they're they're massive they're absolutely massive in korea sure. uh but they're all small local businesses and okay. apparently uh blizzard has a thing with the remastered version of starcraft where they're like basically charging per hour per computer per player Good lord. For the PC banks to use the game in their things and people and they're basically just saying that uh uh basically Blizzard they're it's an antitrust lawsuit basically saying sure. that Blizzard has such a huge corner on the market and the game well, is so well and the game is so loved in Korea which yeah, it is. It is absolutely. That they are forcing these small business owners and extorting them for this fee because they can't afford not to have the game available because their their customers will leave to go somewhere else where they can play it. You know, I really can see the point. Like, so, like I'm, I'm not, I, I can't argue with yeah, that. That's it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens because that is a weird consideration you don't think about. Is like, yeah. wait, you mean there's a different pricing scheme for someone to have a game available? at an internet cafe that that's weird that like, does not make any sense yeah i whatever but at the same yes. time it's just i i'm curious to see where that goes i'll i'll need to find a link for it which i'll you know find at some point because i just heard about it today um sure sure so we'll see how it goes um interestingly speaking of quasi blizzard games since it spun off from a blizzard game uh there was a big, the big, big Dota 2 Invitational Tournament was this weekend for esports. And what makes it interesting is that a company 
funded by uh, Elon Musk of Tesla and <laughs> SpaceX fame. Uh, and Hyperloop. Yes, and, and now Hyperloop. Uh, it's a company called OpenAI. Uh, they they brought an AI to the tournament to play against a professional Dota 2 player for the first time ever. And it won. Sweet. They were gonna they were supposed to play three games, and the player basically conceded the third game. Like he lost the first two and conceded the third game and was like, you know, like, wow, you know, it's really good. It leaves zero room for mistakes. And like, I'm pretty sure it can be beaten. I just need to practice more, basically. It's like so he was good spirited about it, but sure, sure. It's very interesting that it like literally the uh the ai was trained by a machine like machine learning basically they set it down mm-hmm. with dota and let it play dozens games yeah against the copy of itself hmm. so it was an ai playing an ai over and over and over and over and over again as it learned to play the game and then they took it and played against a human player and it actually won which is kind of cool that's awesome so that, that was just kind of weird, interesting technology bit. Um, again, more lawsuits. Yay. Yeah. So a company, this one, yay. a company called GameVice is suing Nintendo for patent infringement for the Switch Joy-Cons because they have they have two different products. One of them was called the GameVice, and then there's an actually an older product that they have patents for that was like literally supposed to work like like the Switch Joy-Cons, but for mobile phones where you just kind of slot it on the end and play. Okay. And they're suing Nintendo for patent infringement and seeking to stop sales of the Nintendo Switch and get a shit ton of money. And they hmm. might actually be able to do it depending on their patents. So, Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's just... It, who knows? I mean, Nintendo's having a shit ton of trouble with their Switch right now anyway with Apple basically buying all of their memory and their display company went out of business is like filing for bankruptcy. Holy like, shit. The company making displays for the Switch is filing like how, for bankruptcy. How does that even happen? Nintendo's well, like, got to be literally throwing money at you. Well, the company that made the glass, like the sapphire glass for the iPhones mm-hmm. also filed for bankruptcy. How? How does that happen? I don't know because they made like hundreds of millions of those things for Apple and who knows? B- gross mismanagement of business. Because I, I know I know the, the display company one, like they apologized to their shareholders for mismanagement and blah. Like they actually said, like, sure. look, we fucked up and like apologized. But yeah, I don't it's again, it should be very, very basic business. You have a giant contract to make Nintendo switches, you should not be going bankrupt but yeah no shit yeah and then lastly in more lighthearted news are you a fan of side night and happiness we are the comic yeah i, I mean I, I assume that we both are oh yeah yeah i'm, I'm just i'm asking because you know I some people asking, i thought you were asking the 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 audience as a whole oh yeah that too like ladies and gentlemen out there are you fans of side night and happiness well guess what they're making a video game and it's, it's coming true. to Kickstarter soon. So if you like Side Night and Happiness and you want to help them make an indie game, we'll let you know when the Kickstarter goes live. 
if I can't be the purple shirted eye stabber, I'm gonna be pissed. I didn't watch the video. There's a video for it, to, like about the launch, and I I need to because like I'm curious to what they're gonna do, um, and ha like what kind of game it's going to be. But they there's a lot of potential for it either way. Definitely. I Absolutely. hope it's a. I kind of hope it's a Telltale style game because I would love to see what kind of just sick and twisted shit they would put in that kind of a game. You know how awesomely funny that would be. I don't know, man. I, I like I can't imagine that. Literally, I cannot process that right now. Yeah, it would, it would be amazing in unspeakable ways. Apparently, yeah. No <laughs> shit. Anyway. Yep. That about so wrap that's it up the news. news. Yeah. All right. Yeah, All right. I got topic. no more news. Yeah. Main topic. Oh, yeah. So the Nintendo DS. Yeah. All right. An interesting console, I think. I still I have did. one of mine. I have some the other one, I think. Well, I have its, you know, progenitors. Well, not, uh, I have the later versions of it. Yeah, I have a 3DS and a 3DS XL. New yes. 3DS XL. I have, I had the original gray clamshell, mm -hmm. and then I have like this literally just sits on my desk. I have a black DS Lite. Nice, because it's significantly smaller. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted an XL at some point. I might actually still buy one for reasons that we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, but yeah. I like it. I keep it around because I can play Game Boy Advance games on it, and I have a handful that I still like to play. Um, but yeah, so surprisingly enough, it is almost a 13-year-old console. It is. Yeah, it'll be 13 years old November 21st. Yeah. And also surprisingly, it came out three years after the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Like, what the shit? Like the Game Boy Advance was like I think June of of 2001 maybe I don't know I maybe I read that wrong uh, let me see if I read that wrong because I might have I don't know but I, I thought it came out like right after the GBA so in uh, Japan it was March 21st it was June 11th 2001 in PAL regions okay. uh, June 22nd in China and June 8th 2004 no June 8th 2004 in China North America was June June 11th 2001. Yeah. Okay. So it was three years. Like, yeah. yeah. But, but seriously, like, that's how weird it is. Like, why would you release a handheld that directly competes with the Game Boy Advance three years after the Game Boy Advance? Not only directly competes with the Game Boy Advance, it is a Game Boy Advance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and that's the thing is like, uh, we'll we'll talk about this later. But it it I mean it hurt Game Boy Advance sales obviously yeah, because absolutely. it is a Game Boy Advance. But the Game Boy Advance sold a ridiculous amount of like moved a ridiculous amount of traffic oh absolutely like uh, it sold more than 80 million units for the game boy advance so like crazy amount yeah which is a lot yeah but they they were sold like the game boy advance i think stopped in 2010 and this you know so there was a big six-year time period where both were being sold so yeah. i don't know it's so weird so weird but yeah. but i don't the, know man that the way that the, they positioned it was that it was going to be the third pillar of the nintendo ecosystem like there was going to be 
the GameCube and the Game Boy Advance and now the DS. So, yeah. If we're being honest, though, the ability to play Game Boy Advance games, it was going to replace the Game Boy Advance without a problem and kind of ease people over from the yeah. Game Boy Advance it, into it a new console. It definitely feels like that that second slot, what is lovingly referred to as slot two, uh, <laughs> that can fit Game Boy Advance games. Like, Poop jokes. Yeah. Like, it, it was there to for backwards compatibility to be like, here, you know, you can buy one of these and it can play all of your Game Boy Advance games that you've been buying for the past couple of years. Like, so you don't have to leave those behind. You can still play those. But but come, come on, play play our new our new two screen system. Woo. I miss when Nintendo had a good idea of backwards compatibility. They still do that with the, the DS systems, but nothing else. I mean the Switch yeah. the Switch obviously would not be able to play anything else. The Wii U was able to play Wii games, but you had to load on the Wii operating system in order to do it. Oh, that's weird. Right? Like what's the fucking point? Yeah, I don't I don't know about all that. <laughs> I just I because I own both consoles. Yeah. I don't play them at all. Yeah. The there's a kind of secondary reason the Game Boy Advance slot two is on the ds though because it was basically used as kind of a serial port like a lot of the weird stuff mm -hmm. that they made the accessories that they made pl plugged into slot two because okay. it was it's just how like that way you could play the ds game and have you know a rumble pack in slot two right and weird stuff like that yeah so, yeah i mean it was it was I mean, they took advantage of it to some degree, but not nearly as much as, you know, they could have. Yeah. And I, and I do think a lot of it was there for uh, that backwards compatibility to, you know, yeah, I guess I can sell, market, yeah. I guess I can sell my Game Boy Advance and buy a DS. You know, I can still play all my Game Boy Advance games. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but, we we know the Game Boy Advance was popular. We we both enjoyed oh, the Game Boy Advance. Everyone loved the Game Boy Advance. I mean, it was literally a Super Nintendo in your pocket. That's how most people feel about the Game Boy Advance. Um, and everyone loves the Super Nintendo too. Like those are the the rose colored glasses of the Nintendo world. Are the Super Nintendo is freaking amazing and the best thing they ever did. And then the Game Boy Advance is a pocket Super Nintendo. So it's a super amazing and the best thing Nintendo ever did. Until yeah. the Switch. Now the Switch is like. I mean, people are like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is the best thing Nintendo's ever done. But, and it's literally you know. in NVIDIA Shield. Yeah. With better controllers, and, arguably. And you can't buy it because they aren't making enough of them because of hardware shortages. Nintendo's uh, getting fucked in yeah, a magical way. It's like they can't catch a break, man. It's, really it, can't. it's so crazy lately. Like, with all of these problems and now a lawsuit that's seeking to you know stop sales and and then people I've heard boycotting the Super Nintendo the release of the re-release of the Super Nintendo like in the yeah. Super Nintendo uh, whatever the hell it's called oh the remix, the, the classic like yeah the classic SNES classic that yep. will be sold out in microseconds because they're yeah. only making and they're only making enough through the end of the year so which is bullshit because it'll be sold out before a month from the release date. 
Yeah, basically. Um, so yeah, there was a few things that Nintendo did. We were talking about the uh, slot two, uh, like a few things that they did that were interesting because mm-hmm. it's the first time some of this stuff was ever done for a handheld console. Right. Uh, there, two screens is kind of a weird gimmick. Uh, it it works surprisingly well. Like it just seemed really silly i think in the first generation especially mm-hmm. when the second screen was so much smaller than the first one yeah it was significantly smaller and and for a weird reason too like i mean there, i could not find i researched this most of the afternoon i should have been working but i was trying to figure out why the second screen was so small and there's literally no reason other than design decision it the second screen was smaller because it was a touch screen design decision there's literally no reason other than that. It's more it to I'm betting it's cost. It's almost entirely has to be cost. And it's going to be that to make the touch screen the size of the first screen and still be touchscreen would have been more expensive. And they were trying to shave off costs to make profits. Because you have to have that digitizer, even though it's uses a stylus. I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. Also, uh, fuck the stylus. Yeah, I mean it's useful, but I mean I'm the best part about the stylus by far is the fact that there's a little cubby for the stylus. Yes, in, the in all of the yeah, in all the systems, and that's it. Fuck the stylus, fuck the gimmicky bullshit. Yeah, I mean most of the games you can actually touch the screen, and it's not a huge mm-hmm. deal. But it, it's it's less about the stylus and more about the fact that it's just a gimmick. That the same reason that people had to waggle their fucking arms, they had to use the fucking touch screen. Because Nintendo fell in love with it, and mm-hmm. we were forced to use it. Well, to be fair, the touchscreen is sometimes a lot nicer when you're uh, selecting things from menus. Yes, absolutely. But when you're forced to do it for an action in the game that is timed, uh, I'm looking at you, yeah. Castlevania. And if you don't do it in time and don't do it the exact correct way, you get fucked and have to fight the boss again? That's bullshit. And speaking of funny gimmicks it has a built-in microphone yes yes it does for for voice stuff you know while you're playing games against with and against people Mm -hmm. and uh this very very famously gets used in a couple of games where you have to like scream blow air into balloons by blowing on the microphone yeah uh or scream to scare things which uh has very hilariously been made fun of by yahtzee of uh Mm -hmm zero punctuation fame where uh he talks about riding on the bus or the train i think and uh he, on public transit and like a game wants him to scream and he's just like no fuck you game <laughs> and just slowly closes the clamshell and puts it yeah. away I, i'm pretty sure it was uh phantom hourglass that he was railing on oh, at the time uh, that game. But, but yeah once I, again fuck I, the stylus i seem to remember that i will totally uh see if i can find which game he was yell- yelling about it was a, a long time ago it was multiple oh, yeah, it years ago be. now um uh also it had wi-fi support which is really interesting uh for a couple of reasons one it could connect to your local wi-fi network and play games with people over the internet and even more interesting you could connect multiple ds units together without any wi-fi network like they would just link together using like they would create like basically an impromptu wi-fi network and all be able to use it and see each other now that is super cool yeah 
Like, so the that, fact that they were able to do that is really neat. Yeah. And that's definitely like that. That was the first time that had ever been done with a handheld console or any console, um, to my knowledge. I don't think any other console has done that because even the like can't think of any old Xboxes you had to like you hard you had to hardwire them in yeah and then there's uh the DSiWare which was an online store where you could like download demos of games to play and like yep. Yep. again you know eventually got transferred to the 3DS and 2 ds and expanded into the Nintendo e store or e shop or whatever the hell they call it yeah some bullshit and, uh, yep. But and the interface doesn't change very much, which is kind of funny. Which is which is fine because the interface isn't bad. Yeah, it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But Nintendo has to fucking meddle with everything. Yeah. Man, I am salty on Nintendo today. What is with me? I don't know. Anyway, how did it do sales wise though? Uh I mean, it did okay, I guess. It, you know, yeah. it's old like a measly one hundred and fifty four million units that's not much it it's it's, been, it's i mean that's only the second best selling console of all time yeah that's not much i mean it it might be you know within a hundred one million units of the playstation 2 which is the best selling console of all time yeah that is also spread across the three models the ds the ds Lite, and dsi seriously this performed super yeah. well it, and that does not count the 3ds it does not it, does it has not. nothing to do with that that's like that's considered a separate generation like and also a separate also, episode yes and also a separate episode because we were debating on doing it together and i was just looking at it going that'd like be, no yeah, i think we need a to split huge them. episode i think we need to split them um so yeah i mean that's insane so just think about the fact that the Game Boy Advance sold like 80 to 90 million units. Yeah. The... And and the 80 81.5 million units for the Game Boy Advance and then this at the same time sold 150 million units. Yep. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a lot. To say the least, that and, is a lot of DS games that have sold more than one million copies. Yeah, he he's reading my little note there that there have been 140 DS games that have sold more than one million copies, mm -hmm. which is a nice library. That means that, I mean, th theoretically, that means that those are the really standout titles that were released on the thing. But well, that doesn't necessarily mean that's accurate. I mean, 140 they can't all be standout titles. That's not possible. Um. Well, let's talk about the top five because the top five right. are interesting, which actually ends up being the top six because, you know, well. Yeah, because of the really obvious reasons. We'll, you'll see in a second. Well, it ends up being more than that, I think, because uh, I don't know how number two is done. But anyway, so the best-selling game was the new Super Mario Brothers, which was actually a pretty good game, I think. It was okay. Like, I mean, for a Mario Brothers game, it was good. It was okay. It, I liked it a lot better than I liked Mario 64. I would like a handful of shit more than I like Mario 64. Anything mm -hmm. 64. Or Mario Sunshine. I haven't played Mario Sunshine. Or Luigi's Mansion. Poor Luigi. Do we got to repeat this? Poor, poor Luigi. Played... Okay, let's just <laughs> keep going. Anyway, so the second game is Nintendogs, which, well, so Super Mario Brothers sold 30.8 million units, which is 
pretty good in the world of Mario Brothers. Yeah, um, not bad, not bad. Nintendogs, though. Nintendogs, of all things, sold 23.96 million. And I don't know if that's between all four versions of the game or not. Yeah, there weren't really many concrete numbers on that. So it looks like it's combined. Okay. Between the four games for whatever that's worth. Mario Kart DS sold 23.6 million copies. Which, you know, it, it was a good Mario Kart game. It's Mario Kart. I mean, you know what you're getting. I didn't play... I played New Super Mario Brothers. Out of all these. Yeah. The next one was Brain Age of all things. So, it sold 19 million units, which is crazy for a game that's basically just like a bunch of little educational puzzle games. And then the rounding out the top five, we have Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, again, combined together, selling 17.67 million units. And the next next game was, you know, Pokemon Black and White, which is, you know, again, another dual Pokemon game. So not yeah, surprising yeah. that Pokemon's up there. Um, it's really not. Yeah, I played Pearl, I think. I don't remember if I had Diamond or Pearl. I had one of them. I think I have Diamond. I got maybe the first Thunder dungeon first gym and i was like eh, it's, it's a Pokemon yeah, game one of one of my friends bought one and i bought the other one yeah that's that's how you do it so you can trade the pokemon but nobody ever trades the fucking pokemon yeah we did a couple well, his son was playing so like mm. i was trading pokemon with his son because he would he would he would come every time i would come over which was you know like nearly every day to play games and stuff at night he would be like you're like oh you should see all these pokemon i caught today and he would just show off all these pokemon he was super excited about catching i mean dude was like super maybe, into pokemon maybe nine or ten years old so you can't really he was know. after all a game freak yeah a little bit no game freak wah. Makes pokemon wah, wah. i know fine <laughs> <laughs> all right moving along so let's talk about some of the good games the fun games that we uh enjoyed on the ds uh so i went through a hmm. giant yeah you have a giant fucking list here like yeah there's well, I, I, I went through like basically the giant massive master list of things so uh, it was like oh yeah that game was good oh those were kind of cool yeah and, yeah and i'm gonna lump a lot of them together because some of them you know kind of deserve to be lumped together uh sure but so there were two advanced wars games that came out on the ds and if you are unfamiliar with Advance Wars, it's actually a really good tactical game. Like it's a, if you've played Fire Emblem, it's yeah. very similar. It's just that it's a more of a modern twist, like yeah. with the it's got tanks tank, and planes, yeah, tanks and, shit. and airplanes and boats, and some of them all in the same battle where you have to jump between like mm -hmm. trying to control the sky and boats on the water, and you can actually bomb the boats from planes and all kinds mm -hmm. of other craziness. Really, really cool. Yeah, it's it's got some really interesting mechanics in it, and they're definitely worth playing. I don't the story I think is kind of, you know, whatever for the most part, but it's uh they were fun to play. I I enjoyed I don't know if I played Days of Ruin, but I know I played Dual Strike and it was it was a lot of fun. So I feel like it's very similar to the Wolfenstein slash Doom situation. Whereas Wolfenstein, the game was a vehicle for the story, Doom the, the story was a vehicle for the game. I feel like Advance Wars, the story is a vehicle for the gameplay. Probably. 
That's how I felt. I mean, it's it's there. It's a light story. Not nothing super huge, but the gameplay sells it. It's a very very fun yeah. series of games. Yep. Uh, then there was an Animal Crossing for the DS called Wild World, and like that one was a big deal because people had been screaming for a portable Animal Crossing game because everyone loved it on the GameCube and there wasn't one so nintendo actually delivered and that's what people are waiting for right now they want an animal crossing for uh that switch the switch yeah <laughs> i can understand that i i would i would like a although honestly with the port of stardew valley over mm-hmm. to the switch they really don't need to make a harvest moon since stardew valley is a superior version of harvest moon yeah it'll be interesting to see how how they react and make harvest moon games for the switch yeah based on the response to stardew valley because it's been overwhelmingly good oh did you hear that that multiplayer is going to be out soon like december sometime yeah uh, the next big update would they i don't think they knew exactly when they were going to launch the update i know they have i know they have something of a window but they don't have anything definitive yet yeah it was tentatively in december I think Chucklefish is working on that portion of it. Something like that. Anyway, there was also the uh, Castlevania games, Dawn of Sorrow, Order of Ecclesia, and Portrait of Ruin. I actually owned Dawn of Sorrow and Portrait of Ruin, but not Order of Ecclesia. Yeah, I've I've heard good things about Dawn of Sorrow, and like I I've heard that Portrait of Ruin is worth picking up, but I've I have not played or heard of Order of Ecclesia. I was I'm also not a huge Castlevania fan, so I'm not terribly surprised. But I will say that Dawn of Sorrow is the one I was talking about with the mechanic of moving the having to draw on the thing yeah. when you're in the middle of a Castlevania game, your hands are on the controls, you're not really looking to pick up the stylus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just throwing it out there. And so Dawn of Sorrow kind of went down under Portrait of Ruin because Portrait of Ruin fixed that issue. They don't you don't have to do that. I haven't played Order of Ecclesia. I want to, but I uh, had never got a chance to. Yep. Uh, is Children of Mana in the second Densetsu series? Oh, oh yes, it is, my friend. Nice. There are two second Densetsu games for the DS, and this is one of them. This is the more traditional one called uh, Children of Mana, and uh, it's fun. Hmm. All right. All right. Does it have some bullshit fucking wall where you have to level up to the point where just have to grind once you get the wall? Such as? Oh. Secret of Mana? Oh, you you hit a bullshit wall. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <I> fucking <laughs> bullshit wall. I, I, I had no problems with this wall. <laughs> because you've already played and beaten the game, Dan. But I was playing I it on not. a completely different console, Paul. That also is a thing, yes. With controls I'm not familiar with. <laughs> it's not like it's a game you know how to fucking don't know how to fucking play, okay? You already know how to play it. This is bullshit. <laughs> Chrono Trigger is awesome, and it's also on the DS. I broke it dead, so I gotta go on without him. Nope, we're good. Dragon Quest four through seven, nine heroes, monsters, Joker one and two. Yeah, there's a ton of Dragon Quest games. Yes. I don't know why Dragon Quest four is on there. That doesn't really quite makes sense to me because Dragon Quest 4 was actually an original NES game. 1 through 4 were all original NES titles. It might have been 
a remake, like a HD. I remake. can't imagine why it wouldn't be. Yeah, because they they did that with all of them, including they actually ported PS2 games onto the 3DS. Yeah, like eight was on the 3DS. Dragon Quest Eight was a, a PlayStation Two only game, and they did a really good job of porting it too. Yeah, I want was nine made specifically for the DS or it was indeed yes. Yeah, I actually so I was like, why it. would really why would eight not be on there, but nine is? I, I yeah, it was made specifically for the DS. I highly recommend it. By the way, it's a really good game. Yeah, because you were playing that just a couple weeks ago, right? Um, you weren't playing nine terribly long ago. I thought it was last year sometime because I haven't played uh, nine in a long time. Really good game were, though. But I thought you were playing a Dragon Quest game recently. Uh, eight. I was playing eight okay. on the DS. Because I love that game and I never got a chance to finish it because my PS2 okay. died. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about the next game for a minute. It's called Elite Beat Agents. I've heard nothing but good things about this, but I never got a chance to play it myself. I was gonna ask if you had actually played it. It's no. it is fun in a very bizarre way. It was it's a, a rhythm game, isn't it? It is a rhythm game for the DS played entirely on the touchscreen with a stylus. Mm, no, thank you. The stylus actually works really well for this because mm. basically what you're doing is so you have a shape moving around like it's it's a circle and it moves around the screen and there are people dancing on the upper screen right and uh and like that's where like all the video and game play like game footage is going on it's really weird and then this this circle moves around on the screen and you have to like tap it in rhythm to things and there are times where you have to like hold it and drag it back and forth to follow a shape and it's it's much easier to do with the stylus than it would be with your finger. Sure, I I can't argue with that. Yeah, but but it's but fun. Like it's it's a very weird little mini game, and it's very it's got a shit ton of personality. And it's, I mean, it's a rhythm game that's basically Men in Black dancing. I guess. Like, but, but then that's again, the whole we also had it. we also had Star Wars dancing, and look how terribly that turned out. We had Star Wars dancing. We did. Yes. It was on the Kinect when it first came out. Oh. So like just dance but Star Wars? Yes. Yes. Yeah, but that's that's not the same. Elite Beat Agents is actually really fun. Well, yeah, but that's the 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 concept is the same. The core concept is the same. It's just that one actually worked. Yeah. I guess. All good. Yeah, you, you want to you talk about the next one? You wanna, you wanna I take do. The next I treat honestly one, two, and three. If you want to play them now, which I highly recommend doing so, Etrian Odyssey Untold one, two, and three are out on the 3DS. And they are basically retellings of the original three games. Mm-hmm. And they actually put a story to them. You see, Etrian yeah. Odyssey one, two, and three were literal dungeon crawlers. You didn't have okay. a story. Your only goal was to get to the bottom, the top of the dungeon, and that's it. So, dungeon crawling in what respect? Like, uh, um, I have a holder Grimrock yes. style dungeon crawling. Yes, exactly. It is Legend of Grimrock style dungeon crawling, where you are in a first-person view. You draw your own map using the stylus on the DS. It's actually really cleverly done because as you're going through, you draw the the outline of the map as you go as you unlock more of it by walking. And I would still highly recommend the untold versions of it because they have a lot of updates that are kind of necessary. There's a lot of huge map components on the bottom. It's just really a fun little D&D style dungeon crawler. That's cool. 
they're fun. I like them. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a Nintendo handheld console without With a them. metric boatload of Final Fantasy games. Uh, you know, the worst part is the only one I don't own of this is Cocobo Tales. Or sorry, Chocobo Tales. Yeah. That is literally the only one I don't own yeah. in, on, in this list. So, so to make it interesting, this was the first time that Final Fantasy 3 was released in the US, was on the DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Final Fantasy 6, which was called Final Fantasy 3 for the Super Nintendo, as we have previously discussed. Yes. Uh, Final Fantasy 4, which you know was called Final Fantasy 2, also got mm-hmm. its release on the DS. Um, Final Fantasy 12 Revenant Wings. I have I have no idea. I'm assuming it's some kind of weird it tie-in is, to Final Fantasy 12. It is, yes. It's basically a a side story slash sequel. Yeah. Um, it's not really a sequel, but it is a tactical RPG in that you are basically using the stylus to dictate where your characters go. It's yeah. it's interesting, but I didn't care for it. Yeah, there's there's two Crystal Chronicles games, which were very very weird multiplayer Final Fantasy games. These uh, are surprisingly not multiplayer. These versions, these, they, they, I know they are, but they're not required multiplayer. Okay, I disagree. So they're not required multiplayer, but there are areas of the games that you cannot get to if you do not have four players. No, no, these are not. Okay. Yeah, they they actually fixed that issue with this with the with this game itself like the the, the yeah. ds games the, that was absolutely accurate in and gamecube but i finished those games yeah. without anybody no you can finish crystal chronicles without anybody there's just there's content that you can't access without multiple yeah. people yeah but there there's they, they've actually fixed that issue where you literally have no content locks interesting so, yeah the, I, I both like and dislike the content lock that you had in crystal chronicles yeah but i I understand why they did it, but I like that the design decision for the DS portion is like, you probably might not have some friends around who want to play this. Here you go. You can well, play the whole. With the DS, it was like, you might not have friends around that have a Game Boy Advance and a Kinect cable for your GameCube. Yeah. Which we did. We, we bought a few years ago. Uh, me and my buddy Steve bought, we went and bought like, $20 Game Boy Advances from a local yeah. gaming shop and then like a $5 Connect cable and uh and we played through we played through the Crystal Chronicle games we played through uh the Zelda Four Swords games like you know we played through all of the games that required that stuff cuz we could you know get them dirt cheap cuz no one wanted them they I did the math and at one point it was over $1000 just to play that one game yeah, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. I think anyway. we, I think we got out of there less than sixty dollars. <laughs> Would not surprise me. Um Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2. Uh it is actually a fairly fun game. I far preferred the original Final Fantasy Tactics and the original Final Fantasy Tactics Advance because they actually had very um they had better stories. Like the original Final Fantasy right. Tactics fucking phenomenal game in my top 10 all-time favorites period like mm-hmm. there's nothing that can say that it's not going to be in my top 10 advance still really good i didn't care for the whole gimmick of hey it's just some kid just being pulled into a magical world via a book same thing happens in events too it's it's uh mm-hmm. Luso's journal still a very fun game very excellent controls good just good mechanics just 
yeah. the drop system is something that I've dearly loved about Final Fantasy games, and this is back in spades with with Advanced Two. Nice. Uh, speaking of weird sequels, uh, Golden Sun Dark Dawn, the mm-hmm. very very long awaited sequel to Golden Sun. Uh, oh, Golden Sun Two actually, because oh. there was a second one on the DS. Okay. I'm sorry, on the DS and and on Game Boy Advance. Yeah, but because he plays uh, what's her name's uh, brother. But yeah, the, uh, I I've heard that this one is a disappointment for the the trilogy, or you know, it is extremely kind of disappointing. It was. Uh, I have it, and I did not care for it. But it is important to note, like, as I don't know, people really like the Dark Sun games or Dark Sun, Golden Sun. <laughs> Dark Sun is an awesome, yeah, world though. Yeah. More Dark Sun and, games. I mean, what? <laughs> right. Anyway. So um, next is one that I think also sold surprisingly well and has been ported to yeah. all kinds of stuff, which is Grand yeah. Theft Auto Chinatown Wars, which was a return to their weird top-downness that they uh, had for the first two Grand Theft Auto games and worked surprisingly well for the uh, DS and I think it was also on the PSP and a couple other yep. portable systems. Yep, yep, yep. And then they eventually ported it to PS3. Yeah. Which makes no sense, but you know, whatever. I didn't play it, don't know much about it. I just know that it was very popular for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I think it's on PC as well. Probably at this point. A bunch of Harvest Moon games. Speaking of Harvest Moon, from a little while ago, there was uh, Harvest Moon DS, Frantic Farming, Island of Happiness, and the Sunshine Islands. Yep, 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 uh, yep. Yeah, they're they're Harvest Moon. If you aren't familiar with Harvest Moon, it's it is a farming and dating simulator. That's the best way I can think of to explain it. Um, you inherit a farm and you try and marry people. That's the the elevator pitch for Harvest Moon for me. Uh, mm? you got anything to add to Harvest Moonness? Go play Stardew Valley. Yeah, also, that's really all I can say. Also, a farming and dating simulator. Yeah, and you can do a bunch of other stuff that you can't do in Harvest Moon. I mean, it's a, just a better version of the game. Anyway, well, I think that's partly because he didn't just try to model after Harvest Moon. He also wanted an Animal Crossing style game. Yeah, so. yeah, and a dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he wanted an actual game. Yeah, as opposed to Harvest Moon. Which is a farming and dating simulator. Anyway. Uh, yep. It's really next. dark in here with all the shade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of games that got a little bit of shade, uh, <laughs> there's a very weird entry in the Saiken Densetsu series called Heroes of Mana. An RTS. Because it's an RTS. What? The combat is real-time strategy, not action RPG. What? Yep. That's not how this works. That's not yeah. how any of this works. This one actually came out before Children of Mana. So like Heroes of Mana came out and people were like, what the hell am I even playing? And then like Children of Mana came out and they were like, like okay, okay, guys, oh, yeah, here, this, here is, this is, this is what you wanted. It's okay. We just <laughs> yeah. want to try something new. We're sorry we hurt your feelings. Yeah. There's also a really weird one for... Uh, PlayStation 2 called Dawn of Mana that was also a very weird departure from the series because it was 3D. It was, you know, butt cam, 
Zelda style 3D mm, update to I the series. Like yeah, it was it was very weird. It had some very very bizarre stuff like your health and stuff resetting at each level. I don't like this at all. It's, it's very very weird, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway. Are you a fan of Kingdom Hearts? Nope. Are you, are not you at all. Hearts I fucking hate it. Me, me either. There's a couple of Kingdom Kingdom Hearts games for the DS, but I mean, I don't know. I think they're any, the fuck any, don't go games. Yeah. They're yay. Yep. The yay. the Kingdom Hearts 358 slash two day whatever. Just, yeah. just I don't know if I don't know if it just has two different names. Like this is this is how little I know about Kingdom Hearts other than the like standard games that were on uh you know playstation or whatever uh like yeah i don't know if it's 358 and then it's also called two days like it has two different titles or if i don't know i don't know i just i don't care or if it's 358 half days like i don't i don't i don't don't know don't care it's it's and then there's another one called recoded so yep they just do a lot of re-releases because they don't really feel like finishing the series well they're anyway, working on finishing the series yeah they, they say that but they're probably working on another fucking re-release some bullshit well, no, no they're working on kingdom hearts 3 but it's the same guy that's working on the final fantasy 7 remaster so it'll never get done like remake once. so yeah Shit. basically he's having a big giant train wreck right now <laughs> yeah but they have shown off recently i think toy story from from three at uh it was part of e3 they showed off toy story world or something like that um it, was, it wasn't terribly long ago. I've run out of fucks to give. Anyway, they had Legend of Zelda, Phantom Hourglass, and Spirit Tracks. A Spirit couple of Tracks was universally panned. Yeah. They there, also had re-releases of Zelda 1 and 2, and I think a, a couple of re-releases of um, wow. uh, the Link to the Past. But yeah. I know they had 1 and 2 on it, mm-hmm. at least. Ooh. Yeah. I... Didn't care for either one. No. They just were, you were forced to use a stylus and just hard pass on all of that. Yeah. Well, it was, it was it's a the, first party Nintendo game. Of course, they're going to try and use everything you can possibly use on the system. Yeah. It's Mega Man Star Force series. I, I just, I have nothing else yeah. to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. There, there were a ton of Mega Man games. Um, there's a whole like, like 10 Star Force games and, Mega Man Zero and Mega Man ZX one and two, I think, and there's a shitload of them. Um, huh. There's an id yeah. software game. Yeah, so th- there's a very weird, very lesser known id software title called Orcs and Elves, which is a. Huh. It was originally made for mobile phones, um, like back in the Nokia Engage era of mobile phones, um, and. It's an Eye of the Beholder slash Grimrock style dungeon crawler where you're like literally you go forward, you turn, you go forward, you turn, you go forward, like turn-based game. I would play uh, this. There, Orcs and Elves 2 apparently is out for modern cell phones. Like you can go hmm. download it right now and play it. Um, but I, yeah. I, I was, want to just go buy this now. Yeah. It's a very interesting game and like and it's one of those ones that people don't know about. And it is definitely a game that id Software is not known for. Um, I can't remember I who co-developed it with them. 
Carmack um, and Fountainhead Entertainment. Yeah, Fountainhead. That's that's who it was. I, I was like, it starts with an F. I can't remember the the name of the other people who did it. But I'm yeah, on the Wikipedia page right now. Yeah, apparently, Carmack like I think knocked out a prototype for it in like a day because he's absolutely a ridiculous. fucking brilliant bastard. <laughs> and I would kill a, just something to have half his talent. Yeah, like his his programming skill is like just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, we love you, John Carmack. Yeah, I still would love to find the article where, like, when when Zenimax bought id Software, he apparently was putzing around on their server and found the source code for Fallout 3 and, like, tinkered around with it one afternoon and had it running on his iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he had, like, a full working version of the entire Fallout 3 game on... It might have been an iPhone 4S or it might have been an iPhone 5. I can't remember which one, but he was just, you know, he's yeah. sitting around. They were passing it around the office, playing it, and, like, had the only known working copy of Fallout 3 for cell phones, which is kind of absolutely awesome. I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, it's, it's one of my favorite Judd Carmack stories. I'm pretty sure I've told it before on the podcast, oh, yeah. but... Yep. That's because it's it's great. I think it was when um, we did Fallout 4, actually. Probably. Probably. They uh, also had... Yes. Let's talk about a couple of different series of games that blew up on the DS and are an actual fantastic use of the touchscreen. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So the first one is Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Mm-hmm. And there were like half a dozen games for this series. There were th- there, there's a trilogy you can purchase right now on the 3DS store mm-hmm. that gives you the original trilogy. Super nice. awesome. And they were originally... Uh, I think they were originally Game Boy Advance games that got ported to the DS. I don't, if I recall correctly. I don't think so, but I have absolutely no idea. Because um, I've only ever heard of them. I mean, they, it's definitely possible because they could have been Game Boy Advance games in Japan that never got brought over. And then they brought them over for the American audience with the DS. D, it says it has a DS version. Yep. It was originally the first entry in the series. Originally, It was originally released in the Game Boy Advance in 2001 in Japan. It has also been re-released for the Nintendo DS in 2005, Microsoft Windows in 2008, and the Wii and iOS in 2009. Yeah, figure that out. I had a Windows version? Like, I did. When did this happen? Oh. <laughs> 2008, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. So that if you don't know these, these are... It, you are a lawyer, obviously. For you're a Phoenix Wright. <laughs> um. But the interesting thing is, is you get to basically the whole game is you depose witnesses. So you, you get to meet with them and you get to talk to them about stuff and then you go put them on the stand and you get to like actually go through the court case and this, your, your dialogue options depend on how well you ask questions and how well you do prior to getting them up on the stand like because you can only access stuff that you know and you only know stuff that you have asked basically it, it very much holds your hand as well because you're also gathering evidence and yeah. uh, your little sidekick uh, basically gives you prompts that you can't leave a certain area without finding the item that you're mm-hmm. looking through it's it's a very interesting visual novel slash adventure game that uh, you eventually get to a point where because you throughout like the first case or two it holds your hand like you can't lose those two cases it's not possible yeah but once you get to the third case it is very possible for you to fuck up and lose yeah 
just yeah. interesting, fun games. Highly recommended. Could not be. Yeah, they could not gush more about them. They've got interesting stories. It's an interesting little challenge, and it's a nice spin that actually takes good. It it, it is probably the best use of the Nintendo DS hardware. I would agree. Like if you're going to use the gimmick, this is one of the best uses for it. Um, yeah, absolutely. The other one is called Professor Layton, which is a very pretty much blatant Sherlock Holmes ripoff. Um, Essentially. Yeah, but it's a it's a mystery thing where you solve, again, solve crimes, solve cases. And it's basically a puzzle game with the, the you know, this thinly veiled story of, you know, Sherlock Holmes solving things. Yeah, I mean it's good. Like they were, they were fun. I think there's three or four games. It's still, I think it's still going on on the 3ds now. I think they they've continued that series on. Um, Wouldn't surprise me. But they were they were good. They're they're fun. The puzzles are interesting, and a lot of them involve using the stylus to interact with the puzzle, or using the touchscreen to interact with the puzzle. I can tell you that the Ace Attorney series has gone on since 2001, and it just got a re- another release this year. Yeah, like Phoenix Wright is. I don't see that game stopping anytime soon. I would not be surprised if there ends up being a Switch game. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, it would sell through the roof too. Oh, yeah. Basically, um, let's see. Ace Attorney, Justice for All, Trials and Tribulations. Those are all Phoenix Wright games. There's Apollo Justice Ace Attorney, Ace Attorney Investigations, Miles Edgeworth, Ace Attorney Investigations 2, Professor Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright, which I've heard was kind of... uh, panned because of it wasn't that great dual destinies in 2013 um a japanese title i cannot possibly pronounce because i don't speak any japanese and i don't want to insult them by trying and 2016 there was phoenix Ace attorney spirit of justice then another sequel to the uh title that i don't want to try to pronounce that happened this year i'm excited yeah i mean they're they're fun so i want to play all those in fact i think i own all of them yeah Apparently, uh, Professor Layton just had a game come out in 2017, July 20th. Nice. Nice. Uh, Puzzle Quest came out on DS? Yeah. Again. I thought it was only on Xbox. Another another good use of the stylus. So there's yeah. a game called Puzzle Quest Challenge of the Warlords. Um, it's also been on PSP, I think. Um, it was also but, on Xbox. Like the... the yeah. Xbox Live Arcade. So if you are unfamiliar, Puzzle Quest is basically an RPG that uses little puzzle games as the combat mechanic. So like you get into a fight and you match three to win the fight or, you know, uh, other weird games like that. Uh, It's an interesting idea. It's totally a gimmick for an RPG, but it's it's interesting. It's trying something new. Whether it succeeds or not, I mean, and if your your mileage may vary, but it was it's very it's worth just checking out. I think if you're familiar with Marvel Puzzle Quest, it's the same thing, but the original Puzzle Quest. Yes. Um, also, speaking of Harvest Moon again, they had a few Rune Factory games for the DS, which is basically if you take Harvest Moon and make it into a fantasy game, and add some combat. I guess. Yeah, but they're they're they sold really well. They did. I mean, people love the Harvest Moon games and love the Rune Factory games. So, 
definitely worth at least mentioning. Okay. Take your word for it. Yeah. Did you ever play this uh, next game? No, I didn't even know it existed until this list. Oh, crap, son. If oh, you, yeah. If you enjoyed the, the old Tecmo games, like Tecmo Bowl for uh, the, like NES and Super NES, Tecmo Bowl Kickoff came out for the DS, and it is it was a reboot of the old Tecmo Bowl style games. Like it's basically Super Tecmo Bowl, but updated, and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I I still play it occasionally because, and it's also really really funny because it shows its age a little bit because I think it only uses like two or three buttons on the DS. <laughs> the DS the DS has six buttons. It uses like two or three of them. It's available for five dollars. That would not surprise me at all. Can I has? I want. You can. I mean, if you I like, like literally, if you like Tecmo Super Bowl, you'll like it. But you'll, it, it, it's one of those games where, like, I mean, you have these great memories of Tecmo Bowl back in the day. But you, you're definitely not going to be able to sit around and play this all day, like, like you, you theoretically sure? could with men. Maybe for the first couple of days, but then for a while you can be like, you'll play a game, maybe two games. You'd be like, all right, I'm cool for now. I'll play more tomorrow. <laughs> because it is, it is really super simple. Like it is still like there's a button, you button mash one button to break tackles. You press the other button to do something else. That sounds awesome. Like, yeah, like there are unused buttons on the controller, which is like, what, what is even going on here? Like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like, why are there unused buttons? Like, why, why couldn't not? you, why couldn't you add something to the game to take these button spaces, which always made me really laugh a little bit. Hmm. Um, WarioWare actually did some interesting stuff with the DS also. And this is, again where the microphone gimmick and the touchscreen gimmick were freaking gold. Because if you're unfamiliar with the series of games that is called WarioWare, the, just the premise alone is hilarious. So Wario, if you're if you, if you familiar with the entire Mario character people, he decides to... He, he has this great plan for a get-rich-quick scheme and that he's just going to make a bunch of really, really crappy video games cram them all together and sell them on Nintendo consoles. So literally WarioWare is just a bunch of crappy party. crappy thrown together mini games that just like transition like epileptically <laughs> between each other sometimes. It's Mario and Party. It's crazier than Mario Party. Hmm. All right. Have you did you ever play uh smash brothers brawl like any of this i was curious i was gonna say i don't if you play for the wii or the wii u any of the smash brothers stuff for wii or wii u um yeah i own the smash brothers on wii u because it came with the console uh okay did you ever play it like five minutes okay because there's a warioware stage in those games where you're fighting and then all of a sudden like in the middle of the fight something weird will happen like you'll all suddenly have umbrellas or there'll be one umbrella floating in the air and you have to like get under the umbrella before it starts raining or you get like flung off the side of the board. Like those are like the, those are like the WarioWare mini games. Like they're just these crazy weird things that you like, 
and they don't give any instructions. You just kind of have to like figure it out really, really fast. And like, it's a very frantic game that you can play for like 10 or 15 minutes. That's a lot of fun, hmm. but like they're, they're very bizarre and it's hard to describe because you kind of just have to see how crazy and like frenetic it is or frenetic. Hmm. It's, it's very, very weird and very fun. And just hilarious premise that a Mario villain is just throwing, slapping some shit together to make a quick buck. <laughs> yeah. Almost like Nintendo. Yep. Yep. Yeah, anyway, we also have system gimmicks. Yeah. So one of our favorite things to talk about is like the weird crap that companies and third parties do for uh, consoles. And the DS does not disappoint here. Oh, God. I think he's rolling his eyes at a game that just got mentioned. No, 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 no. Okay, we'll see. Um, so we we mentioned this earlier, or I mentioned it earlier, that there was a Rumble Pack mm-hmm. that came that you could buy for the game or buy for the DS, and it came with a game called Metroid Prime Pinball. Because you know when when the ball hits, it has to shake your your DS, but it, it slotted it slotted into the slot two, and uh. Yeah, worked for with a handful of games. All right. I, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, it's just, it's there. It's a rumble pack. If you, you know, wanted some force feedback for your uh, little DS. That's fair. It's also a headset? Yeah. So have you ever noticed that there's a weird, like. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Plug um, thing. Yeah. It's a, it's for a headset. Yeah. So there's there's a normal headphone jack, and then there's a proprietary microphone port. Um, actually, all right. I think, if I remember correctly, <laughs> it does. All right. So I have a pair of uh, old Razer headsets. Like it's yeah. it's not a headset. It's the their their earbuds. Sure. It actually comes with With a DS adapter that has the proprietary microphone port. That's Amusingly, the PSP also had one, a proprietary Hmm. port for the microphone. When it came out. Yeah, I actually remember having that. But like, yeah, so the the Razer headset came with these these little adapters and also one to split it for PC. So it's it's interesting. I just I wondered if I still had that laying around and I just had it sitting over here to the side and that's yeah, kind of funny so yeah i could use that headset with my uh ds if i really wanted to which i don't know i don't know anyone else who would be playing so <laughs> but the headset that nintendo made it was an official one just had like it would go on one ear yeah and yeah like had, had a yeah um huh. so only covered one ear which is very I, bizarre you have to imagine that very many things used a voice chat and that I, is the only, literally the only thing I can think uh, of. For... I know the Pokemon games did. Like if you were playing multiplayer in Pokemon, you could. Yeah, you because could talk I want to get screamed by a, by a six year old. You know, kids want to talk to each other about their Pokemon. 100%. Absolutely want to get screamed at by a six year old when I beat him. Yep. Because I would. No mercy in Pokemon. Yep. Anyway, there's also a memory expansion pack. Apparently, this went into the GBA slot yeah. and was used primarily by the Nintendo DS browser, a custom version of Opera web browser for the DS. Yep. Huh. 
if you if you ever needed to surf the web on your ds yeah you didn't have that phone back then i mean i had a phone that could browse the web a, a really bad flip phone that could browse the web could still do it <laughs> yes it could i don't know anyway yep uh they also very similarly to the memory expansion pack they made an mp3 player again another slot 2 device uh that seems what, very clunky and it would pay it would play mp3s from the sd card but what was interesting is that it had a headphone jack on the cartridge to let you play songs while the ds was closed and in sleep mode okay moving along yep so they made a camera they okay. made, it, made a camera for the DS, a lot like they did with the original Game Boy, I think. <laughs> yeah. It, it never came thing. to the States. It only it was only out in Japan. Yeah, not a surprise. I mean, a yeah. lot of these things are only available in the Japan, or at yeah. least never released in the US. Yeah. So so there's this really, really freaking bizarre thing that was called the slide controller. Mm-hmm. And you like literally like you plug it into the the slot to the Game Boy Advance port. Right. And it, it has an infrared light. Mm-hmm. And you mount this little bracket on the bottom of it to hold up the actual DS. And it has like Teflon on the bottom of it. And it turns your entire DS into an optical mouse. And you slide it around on the desk to control things. It was that used sounds for dumb. like, yeah, it was used for like one or two games. And never came to the U.S. Like it never, sounds dumb. Never ever caught on somehow. Gee, I wonder fucking why. <laughs> Dude, let's just rub my fucking DS against my desk. Yeah. There was a TV tuner that was made in Japan that picks up one seg TV signals, which I think is a a format for over the air television that's used in Asia. So it never got brought to the U.S. Sure, but it's cool sure. that they made it small enough to fit into the actual ds slot and still have antennas which is sounds absolutely insane yeah that sounds like it's gonna break that slot not the slot but the the actual cartridge thing yeah i have no idea yeah, neither there was also a bunch of pedometers like the activity meter it basically just used uh was really only used for one game personal trainer walking or walk with me let's see transfer step information onto the ds via an infrared transceiver in the cart and it stored seven days of activity. It seems yeah. like it's kind of not enough, you know? Yeah. Well, no. So the the actual pedometer stored seven days of activity. So okay. basically, like, you only had to sync it with your cartridge oh, once okay. every seven days. Okay, okay. To give That's you some way. Uh And apparently, the better implementation of this was called the Pokewalker. Which not a surprise. A, a Pokemon-specific pedometer that basically worked a lot like the uh, VMUs for the Dreamcast where you would like load a Pokemon onto the Pokewalker and go take it mm-hmm. for a walk mm-hmm. and it would get experience and stuff and you could do yeah. things with it. Yeah. Uh, but apparently this pedometer was so good they recycled it into a pedometer for the Wii to use with the Wii Fitness thing. No shit. Yeah, And like it looks exactly the same. It's just not red on one half of it. Huh. Which is kind of hilarious. Uh, but it was used with a uh, heart gold and soul silver, and uh, apparently, it it got some flack because you could uh, 
rig things to simulate walking and just basically <laughs> like rack up experience for your Pokemon without actually doing anything. Oh man. Because gamers. Yeah. Gamers and potheads. They'll be yep. super ingenuitive just to I, find. It's like the, the people who were trying to game Pokemon Go in the very, very beginning by putting their phone onto like a train track a tra- through their or, house. Yeah, or a turntable. <laughs> to try and get distance. <sighs> not realizing that the GPS in the game was so coarse that it wouldn't matter. Um, a buddy of mine actually owned the next one, though. It was the Guitar Grip Controller for Guitar Hero DS. Yep. Yeah, they made one for DS. It include four colored buttons in the in the guitar neck and a guitar pick style stylus to strum the touchscreen. It was actually really fun because I played this for probably like a good hour and a half, and I was like, "That is more fun than I expected." Yeah, I I just I don't get how it would work because I mean, if if it's sticking out the bottom, you got to have mm-hmm. this thing upside. You have to have like the whole thing upside down. Yeah, yeah. And you're strumming it upside down. Like I yep. I don't I don't know. It just it seems works, like it would it works be surprisingly really well. Okay. Like I, I was surprised at how well it worked. It just did not, it did not disappoint. No, no, no. Yeah. Apparently they made a wireless Bluetooth keyboard for the DS. Okay. That supported one game called Learning with Pokemon Typing Adventure. <laughs> okay. And uh, also amusingly, it works with the Wii. All right. Like people discovered after the fact that like, hey, I can actually sync this up with my Wii and use it as a keyboard for my Nintendo Wii. Sure. Yeah. I have nothing to add here. I know. It's just a funny coincidence. Like, who the crap one bought this thing for the one game that came out on the DS for it and then kept it around long enough that they were like, hmm, I wonder if I can connect this thing to my Nintendo Wii. <laughs> no idea. No fucking clue. Like, like, what is this even a thing for? <laughs> I don't know. All right. We are at the area that you wanted to talk about most. Though. Yes. So by far, one of the most awesome and questionably legal things ever made for the DS is a third quasi party. Legal? Yes. Quasi-legal. Uh, it's a third party we're starting to get into weird third-party things made for the DS. Um, So there's a thing called flash cartridges. And if you are unfamiliar with these, I'm probably going to blow your mind if you have not heard of them. Um, Yeah. So there's a couple of big famous ones. Uh, One of the more famous ones is called an R4. Um, I don't have no idea why. Uh, I own one that is called the DS2, like D-S-T-W-O. Um, and it's made by a company. The one I have is made by a company called Supercard. And uh, what makes it interesting is that it has a little slot on it to put a SD card, micro mm-hmm. SD. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to run homebrew applications on your DS. So hmm. it... It is a legit DS cartridge. Like it has, you know, whatever and can and will run on the DS. Uh, but where it gets interesting and, you know, legally gray area. Quasi legal. Yes. Is the fact that there are emulators for 
these flash cartridges. And one of those emulators is a Nintendo DS emulator, which sounds very weird. Like, why would I want to emulate Nintendo DS games on my Nintendo DS? Because hmm. you could literally just throw a ROM on the thing and fire it up, and it acts like it's the actual game. You could I, have probably I, a lot of them on there, right? Oh, you could have hundreds on there, depending on how big your SD card is. <laughs> um, I don't think you can play multiplayer with it because part of the the way that the like kind of DRM for the DS works is mm -hmm. that when you play a multiplayer game, half of your like your game token for who you are in the game comes from your physical DS and the other half comes from the cartridge. Like it's a chip on the cartridge. And since you theoretically don't have one or maybe the actual flash card has one, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can actually play multiplayer with it, but I don't think the people using it care that about playing multiplayer or not. Like, Probably not. Um, and... I will specifically say that the one of the reasons I have a DS2 is that it also has a Game Boy Advance emulator. <laughs> nice. Because they do make other versions of these. Like there's one, they made them for the Game Boy Advance that are like basically a Game Boy Advance cartridge that has an SD card reader in it and it performs the same function. Nice. But I didn't want to have two of them. Like and this is the only one that did both when I bought it. So that's fair. Yeah. So they they exist and. Uh, Sorry, I'm laughing at the last one on this list because I own it. You. <laughs> <laughs> so you you own a a touch pen. I do. Yeah. It's just it was just so much easier to use. <laughs> so the reason he's laughing about this is the like unofficial slash colloquial name for the touch pen was the granny stylus because it was this big giant version of the stylus basically I've got big hands okay <laughs> and that's how i wrote it in there i wrote it as the granny stylus um my hands are bigger than donald trump's that doesn't take much i know wah wah Big bitty barrel. Yeah. Um. So, crazy game company Taito made like a Taito. made a paddle controller for the uh, DS, like the the oh, Nintendo right. paddle controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Uh, supported exactly four games. Sure. Their release of Arkanoid because you know you need a paddle controller to play Arkanoid. Of course. They also used it for Space Invaders Extreme 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. And then it got used for Space Bust-A-Move. So they made a Bust-A-Move game and used it for Bust-A-Move. It would have been and nice to hit Pong. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Um, then there was one called the Motion Pack, which, you know, was a motion controller for the DS. So, you know, you tilt it and move the controller around in it reacts um was only used for one game that i know of yeah. which is yeah. tony hawk motion the skating game that i'm just now hearing about actually yeah i was gonna say the skating game that i've never heard of i wonder Seems if it's like any, 
I mean, I know there was one for like the Wii at one point in time that actually had like a physical skateboard deck that you would, you know, move around or whatever, but <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. That got like, me. yeah. It, All right. Speculation time. Yes. So I have a weird thing I want to talk about here at the end. That's it just kind of the way that Nintendo positioned the DS versus the Game Boy Advance and like kind of where the current market is going. Okay. Um, so one of the things that Nintendo did when they launched the DS was very adamantly stated that it was not replacing the Game Boy Advance and that they were going to support the Game Boy Advance and they were going to have the Game Boy Advance and the DS and the GameCube and this in was not replacing thing. the Game Boy Advance. And in fairness, it really didn't. I mean, yeah. Game Boy Advance still kept going until 2010. Yes. and. I, I let me let me find this real quick. Uh, so when did the God damn it? That was the wrong one. When did the 3DS come out? Okay, so the 3DS came out in 2011. So the Game Boy Advance lasted longer than the DS. Hmm. I'll be good. Yeah, it went from 2001 to 2010, and the DS went from 2004 to 2011. Okay. Yeah, I mean... So so it didn't. Like, it did not replace the Game Boy Advance. So, the, I mean... So, to take it with a grain of salt, like, the, the speculation... All right. They, they did not actually replace it. But... You know, functionally, there was no reason to own a Game Boy Advance if you had a DS. No, I mean, they had built in. And if you look at the sales numbers, it sold almost double the Game Boy Advance in that same period of time. Sure. So, last year, Nintendo releases the Switch, a portable console, Mm -hmm. and has stated multiple times that the switch will not be replacing the 3ds mm-hmm. and they're going to continue supporting the 3ds yes so history shows they probably will continue supporting the 3ds but there's been a couple of weird things that have happened lately that are make me say wait maybe not okay so the 2ds xl came out like it's it's officially out. Like you can go buy it right now. I saw it at Target last weekend. Sure. Like the 2DS exists. It is out now. And they have ceased production of the new 3DS in Japan. It is no longer for sale in Europe. You cannot buy a new 3DS in Europe anymore. The only thing I can think is that one, the 3D gimmick was never going to stay. Yes. Most people turned it on for a little bit and then turned it back off. Yes, I haven't turned it on in ages. And occasionally, maybe like you see a game and you're like, hmm, I wonder what this looks like in 3D. And you turn it on, you go, okay, that's kind of cool. And you turn it back off. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, But yeah, so that makes me wonder, is the Switch eventually going to transition into the next handheld for Nintendo? Like, are they basically not going to separate the two anymore, right? Like, so... Well, they, you have so you have basically the DS that bridged the gap from the Game Boy Advance to the 3DS. Yeah. So 
it it eased the transition of people from the Game Boy Advance, and then they they got used to the dual screens, and now they're dual screens with the 2DS and 3DS. Sure. So, despite the fact that there's no kind of backwards compatibility unless they fire up a virtual console, which I wouldn't doubt that they would, since you could just get people to buy all your games again. Yeah, fucking goddamn it. Um, but maybe the Switch, like the the 2DS XL, which is apparently going to be, you know, the only DS for the future for a little while, unless they come out with another one here shortly. Sure. Yeah, I mean the Switch, it's portable. It's only got a it's got a short battery for now. Yeah. You know, as as stuff gets better. Six hours, I think. Five? Three to six. Okay. You know, Sega Game Gear battery. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> no shit. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just something I'm curious about. It's like something I'm wondering is if if, you know, five years from now we'll be on the Switch two and it'll be handheld with the option to dock if you want maybe i don't know i i i just don't give a fuck i really don't and and another interesting thing is like since the switch is using the tegra like theoretically they could do product refreshes every year and it could get exponentially better over time where it'd be a lot harder for you know sony and microsoft to do that yeah, absolutely. I don't. But know. It would also be weird for game developers, but you know, I don't know. They're using it, basically using Android at this point, so essentially, yeah. I, I don't know. know. Just just weird little speculation. Just you know, musing. Yeah. Sounds like it could be a blog article. Yeah, I'm just. I would love to see what they're going to do in the future. And if it's, you know, I mean, the, if the DS is going away and the Switch is going to be everything from now on. And like, it's possible. You know, in 10 years, there won't be a DS that'll just be Switch. There won't be a Game Boy. It'll only be Switch. It's possible. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I got me nothing. Either. Me either, man. Me either. But however, it's what I do to have. Think about. <laughs> what I do have is the next episode. Oh! <gasps> What is the next episode, Paul? Like we haven't already talked about it the last fucking Sleeping Dogs is the next episode. Um, <laughs> I was trying to I, set you up for it. I chose the next game corner. It was Sleeping Dogs. I remember playing it uh, months back when I got it for free uh, when I first registered for PSN. And like, here, have a game. I'm like, okay. Played it, enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, I saw it for like three or four dollars on Steam sales, like the Ultimate Edition for three or four dollars. Okay, that sounds fun. Picked it up, did not lose a step, enjoyed it very much. Nice. On the horizon also is the next favorite game, and that is Chop's Choice, which is Descent Free Space, The Great War. I still have yet to figure out whether or not my uh, HOTUS works with it, but I will let you know. Mine does. Sweet. To a a degree. To a degree. Okay. Um, But one thing that I found out while trying to sort out some keyboard, some bindings for the joystick is, holy fuck. Fuck, I forgot this game had like 300,000 keyboard commands. Oh, man. <laughs> like, there are oh. so many. Like, one of the things that we used to do when we played the, played through the game is like, we had yeah. games where we would play and uh, a friend of mine who was much better pilot than me would pilot. 
and I would man the keyboard and and basically be a Rio, which if you are unfamiliar, uh, like the F-14 has a Rio where you have a pilot in one seat and then a guy in the back who's basically doing all of the target control and communications yeah. and all of that that fun stuff. And so yeah, I would I do all the keyboard this. commands and move his shields around and all kinds of stuff. And he would just do all the dog fighting because that's what he wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't I don't know. There there are a lot of commands. It's just like holy yeah. shit! I cannot bind all this stuff to my to my thing. <laughs> Which means I don't have a prayer binding it to mine. Yeah, but it doesn't like uh, it doesn't see the hat on my uh throttle like at all interesting and it also won't use the mouse wheel on my throttle either interesting so i don't i don't know if it's just i i mean it's an older game it just may not care it may have an upper limit to the number of joysticks buttons and inputs it can use maybe instead of the like 50 that my (laughs) joystick has i don't know yeah i don't know either but yeah so i'm i'm tempted to say that yours will work it just may not all work like you may have some parts of it if you have like redundant things that may not work all the buttons will work though we'll figure it out mm-hmm. yeah, anyway if you want to contact us just to give us an email over at podcast at loadedcartgaming.com you can find me at paul clue on twitter uh dan runs the at loaded cart twitter account and he is also at shop the viking mm-hmm. if you want to check us out over on twitch we still occasionally stream i am at twitch tv slash What's Paul playing today? And he is Twitch TV slash Chop the Viking. If you want to find us on social media, all the links are in the show notes at loadedcartgaming.com. And if you love us, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever the hell you're listening to us. It really does help other people find the show, and it is the biggest thing you can do to help out the show. And also, if you really, really love us, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadedcartgaming. Thank you, everyone, who's decided to kick in for a few dollars here and there. We appreciate it. It keeps it helps keep the show running, lights on, a lot of fun stuff. Indeed. All right. Anything else? Uh nope. All, All right. right. I think we're good. Sweet. We'll have we'll yeah. have more next time. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Enjoy the stinger. And here's some smooth jazz to play you out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. Fuck. My brain just took a giant shit. (laughs) I totally forgot our intro. Best intro ever. It's also going to be the best uh, outro ever, apparently. Yeah, best stinger. Wow. Okay. Yeah.